everyone, and welcome to my sauntering podcast. My name is Paul White, and I live in a gorgeous place called Weymouth, and this podcast is a collection of saunters that were born in lockdown, but it's also got some additional stuff which is just fresh, hot off the press. I'm praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest sauntering podcasts. Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast. I'm Paul White and my special guest today is Fortunatus Franklin, also known as Forty. And we're going to be talking about the subject of being content. And so we've been looking at a few things relating to kind of mental health and well-being and all the rest of it and how Mm. um, we looked with Jasmine at the subject of the fear of missing out and we had a bit of a giggle and laughed because it is such a big deal and of Mm. course it goes right back to the time of Adam and Eve where God says don't eat of this the snake pitches it to them in such a way that they think oh man I'm going to really miss out if I don't eat this fruit Mm. and look at it it's beautiful and it's tasty and it's going to make me like God and I can suddenly understand all the things that God knows about. Yeah. And so contentment then is a, just, do you, could you summarise what contentment means for you, Forty? I think contentment um, is where I think it, I think it went just before we started, you gave that classic example of the contrast of being complacent versus contentment, isn't it? So contentment is, where I am, um, I recognize that I, I, I have what I need. And as Christians, I think we would say that Jesus brings the contentment that we need in our lives. So he brings us to, so would you say that like contentment is? It's a state of satisfaction. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, I, there's a sense of satisfaction. And funny, I was I, I was just speaking to uh, the guys at church yesterday about um, satisfaction, the the importance of being satisfied, um, and how we first and foremost start with Jesus being the one who satisfies us, hmm. and then everything else kind of just fades away because um, when we're satisfied with Jesus and what He brings to our lives then our priorities change and what we go after changes. Yeah. And um, I think with contentment, uh, it's a very similar place where um, it's like, wow, okay, I am content with Jesus and now all the longings in my heart for everything else is kind of different and what I long for is different. Someone famously said, you never stop hoarding, 
<laughs> and they were talking about the heart is like your heart is always wanting to hoard, wanting to collect, wanting to fill yeah. yourself up. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we look at hoarding and we think about, you know, people who just hoard or people just have a lot of stuff in their house that they're mm. not necessarily using. But he was talking about, um, like, you know, you, you hoard things in your heart. Yeah. Uh, and in the context of contentment, it, I think that applies and it's quite an important one because I think what we store in our heart, I mean, Jesus talks about it, doesn't he? And he says, what comes out of you depends on what's in your heart already. Mm -hmm. And so um, if am I content? Uh, so the sense of contentment is like, where am is where is it? Where are my roots? What am I content with? Mm. Um, I don't Very know good. if I, no, I don't know if I answered that question no, at no, all. No. I, I, I was just just, just going to say, um, let me just read a scripture from uh, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four. He says, <clears throat> um, "Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned." In whatever situation I am to mm. be content, mm. I know how to be brought low and I know yeah. how to abound. Yeah. Um, in, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens mm. me. Mm. So he's literally saying, yeah. in, in good times and bad times, I've learned the secret. Of yeah. being content. It's interesting that he refers to it as a secret, isn't it? Because yeah. you kind of think, hmm, I guess he would have known a lot of people around him who maybe were followers of Jesus or disciples who perhaps hadn't learned that secret. And yeah. he would see them being pulled off in other directions by mm. things that were pulling them or attracting, attracting them. Attracting, yeah. But for Paul, even when things were really difficult, um, he mm. could say, I've learned the secret of being content. What mm. just remind us of some of the things Paul went through forty in his life. So what what kind of trials well, and challenges? He well, he starts it's such an interesting life story, isn't it? He starts off of being the one who persecuted. Mm -hmm. And then probably it's fair to say he probably was one of the most persecuted guys. He really was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And he ended up in chains as a prisoner for life and yeah. Um, probably, you know, he died. And um, I mean, some of the challenges that he would have faced was, well, first and foremost would have been from the original believers about like just not wanting to have anything to do with him. Sure, they didn't believe he was yeah. the real deal, did they? Yeah. They thought yeah. he was an imposter. Like it started off with the good guys even, like, um, you know, the guys who actually believed in Jesus. There probably was a season in his life where he wasn't accepted by the church. and Very suspicious. Uh, very suspicious. Yeah. And, you know, he, he would have had to overcome that. And then he goes off and we read about him leaving Jerusalem and saying, right, my time has come. I'm going to go and start preaching the good news. And then, um, you know, the, the authority, the regime, the government wasn't necessarily on his side. Yeah. Um, the Jewish leaders were not on his side. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because every city he went to in Europe and Asia, he was persecuted first and foremost, by Jewish brothers who yeah. were actually ethnically his own people. His own people, yeah. And yet they were so mad at him, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he was just so countercultural and was saying th lots of things that upset a lot of people Yeah, and lot, a lot of powerful people, yeah. which didn't necessarily work in his favour. 
Um, so yeah, so those those are just challenges. I mean, there are lots of practical things. I mean, he's been flogged. Yeah. Many many times. Um, he's been through shipwrecks. Stoned um, to stoned. death, almost. <laughs> almost left yeah. for dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been taken to the courts. Uh, and had to speak for himself and represent himself. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have a lot of people rallying around And him. he did have times, didn't he, where he, he said, everyone's abandoned me except this particular guy. Yeah, you know, and yeah he's been prison. Yeah. Imprisoned. Um, so he, his popularity went up and down, didn't it? Yeah. You know, social media ratings. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people unfriended him. Yeah well, yeah, well, one of his partners of ministry at one point left him yeah. because they had disagreements. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he, so somehow in all of that, he'd found this way to be at rest in his own heart in the middle mm, of that storm. Mm. And you see that, don't you? Beautifully illustrated on the on the account in the Book of Acts, where he's on the boat and it's kind of in the middle of this storm that goes on for twenty one days or something insane, yeah. and it's just relentless beating this ship to you know sailing boat to pieces and. Yet the Apostle Paul is full of composure mm. and able to be the fixed point for everybody else on that boat. And he's able to hear from God even in the middle of that, mm. saying if everyone stays on the ship, no no lives will be lost. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. And then he's bitten by the snake, isn't he? At, at, when yeah. they land on the island of Malta, Malta this poisonous yeah. snake fixes on his <laughs> hand. Yeah. He just shakes it off and he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get off me, snake. And that cool, like, till today, they don't, that island is just. They have no snakes. No snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Cool story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, when I, when I think about, Things like that. It, it often reminds me of this word um, that if and if we we all have smartphones and some smartphones mm-hmm. have this app called uh, it's a it's a compass, and for it for the compass to work right, the minute you open the app, um, the phone tells you you have to calibrate. All right. And so it makes you do a do a bunch of things and like it makes you turn the phone left to right, right to left, oh, and wow. up and down. And then basically what it's helping is there's a little bit of technology on your phone that it's basically helping the phone and the technology find what we would call true north. Uh So, right. Okay. So then once you do all the bits that asks you to do, the app starts working properly. It can, it can give you the right direction because it's, you know, you spent time trying to find the true north. Like you've calibrated, you calibrated it. the phone wow. and now the phone knows where North is. That's a great illustration. So I think for someone like Paul um, or any any one of us, that true sense of like that, you use the word composed. And I think the secret is to calibrate ourselves every day mm. to the shining star just Jesus mm. and it's like yeah I, I'm gonna do what I need to do today and fix my eyes on him yeah and be content with that really and then good. everything else like in the middle of the storm that goes on for days and days and days it's like yeah I've calibrated myself again nice. today it's interesting because contentment is the exact opposite really of the fear of missing out isn't it yeah, it's the it's the antidote to FOMO. It is to mm. 
find that contentment <laughs> in God. We looked at a couple of saunters ago, a couple of podcasts ago, I quoted the scripture, Jesus said, seek first mm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness on, yeah. and all these things will be added unto you. So everything, and he talks about food and clothes as an example. So he's saying these things, your father knows you need them, mm. but go after his kingdom and his righteousness first. Mm. Get your, so that again, that's like, yeah. set your compass on true north, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And all these things, the father knows you need them, so you don't have to be anxious about them. Yeah. And yet anxiety is re kind of stalking the streets like a killer, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. And I've come across so many people who talk about my anxiety. Yeah. And, oh, I've got anxiety. And it, yeah. I'm not trying to in any way belittle that, but I think it's a real massive issue that's affecting mm. the hearts and minds of people today yeah and for us who know him there is a way like we said last week with moses the prayer of moses satisfy us in the morning with mm. your unfailing love it's mm. like there is a way we can plug into him yeah and be satisfied inwardly so that drivenness and that yeah constant need for this that and the other is yeah yeah kind of abated really it's amazing like i was listening to uh well I, eric gilmore if you know eric mm -hmm. gilmore um he's a great guy and has some really good teaching and yeah. i was listening to him this morning he was talking about um the dew of heaven wow and the blessing of the dew of heaven mm -hmm. and he quotes um many different um, places where you know, the dew of heaven is a blessing. Mm. And he talks about how that the dew of heaven is comes and rests on us mm. and it satisfies us. Wow. And you, it, it sort of like um, every seed that we sow into our heart, the dew of heaven helps germinate. You nice. know? And it's, it's the thing that brings life to us. And I think it's that sense of like, ah, okay, so with... With anxiety or with um, whatever the the thing might be that is challenging us or pulling us away from that place of being content or, or being satisfied in Him, I think there's that, uh, and I see why Paul writes saying it's a secret because it's not the most natural thing to do um, to go uh, and you know to find the dew of heaven to come and rest on us and yeah. allow it to minister to us. And, um, you know, because um, we, I, like I said, like the, the idea of our heart, it's always longing. It's mm. always asking for more. It's always mm. thinking about. But the, the really crucial part, Paul, I find with people who struggle with chronic anxiety is, is when we forget that the distance that our heart wants to go can never be achieved with our own strength. Wow. And we have to rely on something bigger than us mm. to help us wow. go that distance, to help us satisfy that longing wow. in our heart. So if you imagine, you know, um, it, someone who's doing a marathon and, you know, there's a set distance, but they haven't trained, they really don't have the strength to do it. And they have to rely. So it's kind of like, yeah, I, 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 I have to rely on something bigger than myself to satisfy the longing that is in my heart. 
because that longing was put there by someone who was bigger than myself. Wow. Uh, That's an interesting point. So the longing <clears throat> originates from God. So the longing yeah. is actually a longing for him. Yeah. And as long as we're trying to satisfy that longing by other things, lesser mm. things, mm. or our own resources, never going to be enough. It's always going to be empty. Yeah. Or it's always going to short, be a shortfall. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we get all the other feelings and emotions start flooding in because we see and we can see that it's not good enough. And mm. We can see that we might be missing out or sure. whatever it is. Can I just ask another, one more question? Yeah. Um, you're from India originally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We know it's not just a stereotype that Indians have a very well-developed work ethic. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Pretty much? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Fair. And um, Indian families have high hopes for their children and mm. so on and so on. Um, do you fall into the same trap as me? <laughs> by thinking I should be doing more. Mm. I And so there's a kind of impatience with myself mm. and a frustration with my own lack of output and mm. kind of fruit and product of my mm. life, if you like. So I think I should just do some more. If I just work a little bit harder, yeah. if I just stay up a bit later or whatever. Do you, do you fall yeah. into that trap? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've... I've since I've been here, I've learned so much um, from, you know, the teaching and the Father's Heart teaching and all that. But I definitely was brought up in then certainly as a culture, you know, um, where you have to work hard. If you don't work hard, then there's a hundred of the people who have worked hard. Right. will probably get your place. Right. Or whatever your Wait opportunity is. your shoes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, so definitely... Grew up like that, and you know, I would say certainly my first few years here, I I definitely pushed myself quite a lot. I was part of a pace team where um, my you know w weekly hours would always be higher than everyone else on the team, right. and I would just give 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 keep giving keep giving keep giving. Um, yeah, definitely, and I think the thing for me. Um, one of the most beautiful pictures that I have come to understand and learn is the picture of being a shepherd and how the, the father is, he, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he, you know, he, and I believe that he was teaching me to be a shepherd. Mm. And one of the things that the shepherd does, he keeps an eye on the sheep, but he doesn't necessarily, you know, feed him every bite every, so to blade speak, every blade of grass <laughs> isn't it and it's like the the shepherd uh you know he makes sure they're all there and he makes sure that he's he's not he's led them to a good patch of the field where there's enough food to go around for all the sheep but uh at the same time you know he there are moments in his day work day where he's he's just sitting back just wa watching his sheep mm -hmm. feed themselves very good um, and then when the time comes to, you know, round them up and bring them back into the pen, he does that bit and that's it. And so I think, yeah, that was, that was something I had to learn and to sort of slow down a little bit and just be like, right, I've done my bit now. And now I just have to sit back and watch the sheep, mm -hmm. just make sure there's no wolves uh, yeah. coming around. But, um, the rest of it, you know, is just wait for the fruit to start happening and, yeah. That was something I had to learn. It wasn't in me. 
it's funny, isn't it, as well, when we go into a more reflective um, kind of state, we're much more likely to hear the voice of God, aren't mm. we? But when we're frantically rushing around trying to kind of produce something, <laughs> it's we tend to be swallowed up in the programme and the activity and it's much harder to um, yeah. really detect the voice of God. Yeah. I just got one more scripture which I've got yeah. to read and that is in um, Paul's first letter to Timothy, mm. who's his young disciple. And he says, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, he says, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. Mm. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of the world. Yeah. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, and into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money mm. is the root of all is a root of all kinds of evil. Mm. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs or many sorrows, some translations say. So, but that, just that verse six there, it says, now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. Mm. And so godliness really is the pursuit of him, yeah. pursuit of God. And then in that, into that pursuit comes that contentment of knowing him being satisfied with his presence, satisfied with his love on a mm. daily basis. And it becomes like the resource sure. from which we reach out to the needs of the world from. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's really good. Should yeah. we pray? Yeah. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who satisfies mm. us. You satisfy the deepest longings of our heart. And yet we always have a hunger for more of you. And... Thank you, Lord, that day by day we can connect with you and enjoy your personal presence mm. in our lives. And so we pray for everyone listening to this podcast, um, great or small, rich or poor, wherever they are, mm. that you will reveal to them, like you did to the Apostle Paul, the secret of being content in any and every situation. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Amen. saunterers. Have an amazing day. Take care.